welcome to a special mini episode of Movie Babies. It's that's right. It's tiny and small. Um, just what I feel like in the inside. I I got dark and sad. Um, let's throw to Sean. He's always happy and jolly. Hey, uh, it's me, Sean. Uh, catchphrase, can you home alone it? Blah, boop, blah, boop. Oh, Sean, you and your witty banter and catchphrases. Anyways, this is why I don't do intros by myself. I'm Devin. On this special mini episode of Movie Babies, we're going to try something new. You know the journey. We've reviewed Rogue One Star Wars And then we went a step further. We went to the theater and we saw that movie baby all grown up. It's in college. We saw what it could do. And we're going to give our reviews of that film during this podcast. So if you haven't seen it, uh, turn turn this off because we're going to spoil everything. You're going to know Every inch of Star Wars Rogue One. If this is something you'd like to see further of us reviewing the movies of trailers we have reviewed. Did that make sense? Uh, Let us know on our Facebook or social media accounts. So again, here's the review of the movie Rogue One. I hope you enjoy it. And if not, tell us to shut up. Bye-bye. We just saw the new Star Wars Rogue One movie. We watched the whole movie. It's been a roller coaster. We watched, this new segment is called... Uh, How many times can we talk about Rogue One? <laughs> well, no, if, if a trailer is a movie baby, then a movie would be a, a trailer adult. We're, we're midwifing this trailer yeah. into its full adolescence. Yeah, so if you have not seen Rogue One and you don't want to be spoiled... This is probably a jumping off point, so thank you for joining us, www.moviebabies.com. And now, for the rest of you, you're going to get our review of Rogue One. And a little bit of history, we watched the fan trailer, we both hated it. Yep. We watched the official trailer 2 of it, I loved it, you still hated it. Mm -hmm. Here it is, the actual movie, what's it going to be? Whose minds are going to change? Guess what? Yeah. Still hated it. Still hated it. Man, what Man, a waste Sean. of a movie. What's wrong with you? Nothing is wrong with me. I have seen all this shit before in all the other Star Wars movies and in all the other bland-ass action films. I don't need this repackaged to me again. All right. Well, Sean, I feel like you're being a little negative because here's the, here's the deal. Rogue One, a Star Wars story, has good reviews. 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. 8.3 out of 10 on Internet Movie Database. 65 on Metacritic. Yeah, it also is blowing up my Facebook feed with everybody giving it, like, praise and showering it yeah, as being, like, people, this dark, new, awesome Star Wars people movie. People love this film, and you're the shitting on it. And, Sean, I got news for you. What? I 
hated this movie too. Yeah, I know. I was sitting next to you. We were watching the same movie. I don't think anybody else was watching the same movie that we were watching. I really thought I would be the one who liked it. And that last trailer really sold it to me. But you're right. This film doesn't work for me. And here's why. I know what's going to happen. Yeah. Here's the thing a movie needs. It's called tension. Mm-hmm. There's no tension when you know what's going to happen. Here's the other thing a movie needs. Characters you care about. Some semblance of something that you give a shit about. And so... These were the blandest performances I've seen and worst written characters and just nothing. There was a couple relationships I liked in it. For example, Robot. Mm-hmm. It's Sassy Robot. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. You're never going to go wrong with a Sassy Robot. If you put a Sassy Robot in a thing, I'm going to love it. Yeah, but it's pretty much Chewbacca, right? Chewbacca was the Sassy No, Wookie. but he didn't, you don't understand Chewbacca, so there's not as much humor. Like, okay. this, this robot's funnier than Chewbacca. Right, but you don't really need his lines to just be like, oh, it's a dissenting side character. He doesn't want to do the things that the main characters want to do. Like yeah. C-3PO. Like, like, yeah. like I mean, Chewbacca. He's, he's been there, but for this film, he's the saving grace. Yeah, well, I'll agree with that. He's, it's, I keep saying this to anybody who will listen. The robot is like the most humanistic aspect of the film, and all the actors feel like they were fucking robots. They were robots. Felicity Jones, the main character, her father dies... Um, bad stuff happens to her, and not a lot of emotion. No, she pretty much is assigned the task of finding her father so that they can find the Death Star plans so that they can do the thing that the first Star Wars movie is. And it doesn't really put her on any type of character arc journey. She's just being told to do these things. And because she's not charming and because she's not... There's, she's not heroic. There's not anything great about her. She's just a task doer. Yes. I'm bored. Well, and you made a great point off podcast after we saw it. You don't care for her because she has nothing to fight for. None of these characters have anything to live for. Because the time you get to the end, she's already lost everything. She's lost her family. Her dad dies. Yeah. It doesn't matter that she dies. There's no hope of some living on for some other thing. Yeah, because you made a point. If her dad lives and like she wants to still see him, that's something... To look forward to. To look forward to. And so when she does die, you care because it's you're tragic. like... tragic. Oh, no. She was going to meet her dad and now she's not... Yeah, it's yeah. tragic. When you just do the thing that you were born to do and then you die, it doesn't... It's <laughs> like, congratulations. Like... <laughs> Oh, man, uh, that's what bothers me is everybody's so pumped on the notion that Disney made like a like a Magnificent Seven, everybody dies Everybody movie. dies, because that's the big... That's the spoiler, I guess? Yeah, well, that's, the that's spoiler? That's the pe- thing people are like. They're like, oh, wow, I can't believe everyone died. It's like, we kind of knew that going into the movie, right? Like, Because yeah. here's the thing. This is the funny thing about this movie. This movie is nitpick the movie. Like, someone watched... That's the thing all those nerds were complaining about in the 80s when the original Star Wars was, in the Death Star, Luke shoots one bullet and it, like, goes through all the pipes and it Mm -hmm. blows it up. Right. And, like, only um, a nitpicker would, like, really care about that because in that film, it works. You're buying into it. It's not really... It's not a plot hole that some people, I feel like, would mistakenly call it. Right. 
It's just like a thing you could nitpick about. Yeah, it's the Achilles heel of the of the big bad in the yeah. movie. But so, somebody had to go and be like, well, why would they design that? Yeah, so this movie takes the time to explain to you why it's possible that Luke can shoot one bullet and it blows up. Yeah, this is a footnote. This doesn't need its own movie. I don't... You could have just told me that in one of the other more important Star Wars, the legacy continues movies. Yeah. Not one of these, like, in-between chapter book versions. I don't... And, and it doesn't warrant a whole movie. Yeah, and here's a spoiler t- for Dark Nari uh, Rises, because I'm going to make a comparison. A nitpick someone has in that one is, like, Batman's in the cave. He has to go back to Gotham. You don't see him going back to Gotham. Well, that was a thing I heard thousands of people nitpick about. It was like, how does he get back to Gotham? Would It's like he's yeah, Batman. Don't you it's don't need Nettie. to know how he gets back to Gotham. But imagine if they made a movie where it's just about Batman's journey as Bruce Wayne getting back to Gotham, <laughs> setting it's... up setting up his, like, fire bat symbol, like, this seeing all the nitty-gritty stuff. And it's just a split, the whole, it's directed by Brian De Palmas, and it's just a split screen with also on the other side the ticking clock of the bomb that's going to explode in Gotham City. Yeah. And it's well past exploding by the yeah. time he's gotten there. So you don't need that movie, and here's something I want to say, because we're being negative, and I don't want to be negative, so I'm going to say this. I liked The Force Awakens. Yeah, sure. It has its, uh... My main issue with that movie is it borrows too much. But other than that, it's a good movie. And here's the thing about that movie. I like all the new characters in that movie. Yeah, they're great characters. I like Ray. I like Finn. Mm-hmm. Here's here's the difference. If Rogue One had those characters and they all die at the end, I'm... You'd be I'm, heartbroken. I'm, I'm moved. Yeah. I'm moved by that choice. That's where this one falls apart is you don't care about any of them dying. No. Nope. Even the even the side characters who have some like kind of semblance of like a quirk thrown at them to be like, see this character's more interesting than the background actors. The like, blind Jedi. The blind Jedi, the machine gun machine wielding guns. They are cool, buds, you know? but there's not enough there. The 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 pilot who has defected and has his brain scrambled but then is just fine and a normal guy like pretty quick afterwards yes yes i mean maybe the most interesting setup is diego luna's um cassian is that his name in the movie Mm -hmm. yeah because he is this rebel uh uh kind of executioner he goes out and he does these things he's got to do them for the cause and maybe they corrupt some of his internal morals um but it kind of makes him a questionable character as to can you trust him or not when he when he has Mads Mikkelsen in his crosshairs and you don't know if he's just going to take intel or if he's actually going to assassinate him yes, yes. or what's going on in his head like maybe the, arguably the most interesting idea and maybe he actually does get like the most interesting arc because by the time he assembles the other rebels after the council decides that they're not going to make a move against the the fucking dark side what the fuck are these assholes called the uh, imperial imperial empire empire oh god i'm sound like such a fucking idiot right now knowing anything about this um uh by the time he kind of gathers them together and has his speech where he's like yeah i've done a lot of bad shit for for the rebel alliance but like if we don't see this through, it's all for nothing, and then I've just become a bad person because I was I did what I was told. Yes, I just took my marching orders and swallowed them, and 
so I'm not going out like that. I mean, I guess that's like, uh, all right, that's that's one good character. That's a start. You need all the characters to work in this film. Yeah. Especially if you are going to kill everyone off. Right. Just having everybody earn my attention and respect and have some charisma and then maybe have some semblance of like a life outside this one mission that they have to do such that I wish that they didn't have to die to complete the mission. I have some type of like, oh, they need to go on to be able to do this, to return to their family, to marry so-and-so, to uh, spread the Jedi wisdom throughout the land. Yeah, the the film made it, that's the problem, right? The film makes it obvious these characters are going to die and they have because nothing. of how shallow they are. Yeah, and well, and this set, uh, it's the mission. It's the mission. Yeah, this is it. This is it. We need to do this thing. So once they do the thing, it's like the the characters are done. Like yeah. they, that's their art. Yes, storytelling wise, they serve no more purpose. Yeah. So story. So to make this work, storytelling wise, you need to kill them off in the middle of their like before they get the thing they need, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it tragic. Exactly. Uh, so the other big thing here is. Darth Vader. And we had a discussion, which I loved, that what would make me love this movie. Uh-huh. And so I want to I wanna talk about that. Because during the first fan-made trailer, our big complaint was too much, too much Vader. Vader. And going into this movie, that's what I was most worried about. I was like, oh, they're going to try to push Vader down your throat. Yeah, they're going to shoehorn him in all over the place. And I'm, I don't want a lot of Vader in this movie. I just want... The other characters. Mm-hmm. I don't want this old character. The first time you see Vader's, all of those fears came true. Yeah. Because he has a whack-ass scene where he's doing dialogue like he's never done in the previous movies. Yeah. He's cracking wise. He's cracking. He does a dad joke. Very weird. He does a dad joke. He also does the thing where he, like, chokes out the guy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't feel menacing in that scene. Like, the choke things feels it's cheap It's just there. kind of like a cheap laugh and connection to the old movie. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't feel warranted there. He doesn't make him look like a badass. So I was like, oh, they, they did it. And then there's this scene with C-3PO and R2-D2 mm-hmm. cameo. And I'm like, oh, these cameos are oh, killing yeah. the me. The bounty hunters from the original Star Wars, yeah. they knock into them. And all they do is just look at the camera. And they're like, remember us? And then they walk away. Oh, yeah. So, colored me surprised when the last scene is Vader chasing after them for the Death Star scene, and he's like Freddy Kruegering, just Jason demolishing, chopping him up, rebel guys, and it's shot great too with mm-hmm. them like getting stuck in a door. Yeah, they're in a hallway. Like, it's an old boy type yeah. action sequence where exactly. he's just like using the fort or the dark side and and his lightsaber and just demolishing everybody and going through a line of, of guys with lasers that are just not effective on him yep. at all because he's such an unstoppable like Jason or Michael Myers or kind of Freddy Krueger type force. Yeah, and it dawns on me, that's the movie. At least that's the third act of the movie. No, that should be the movie. That's how you fix that movie. This should be Vader's movie. And he should be jasoning them the entire time. Like, you want to kill off every character? Guess who's going to do it? Vader. Mm-hmm. And it should be a constant threat. Like, you know in the old horror films where, you know, Jason isn't running. He's, like, walking very slowly. Mm-hmm. Instead, he's getting closer and closer, and they keep trying to get away. Yeah. But, oh, turn the corner. There he is. Yeah. That's what it should be because here's the thing about these movies. Because of the timeline, they're trying to fit into that same universe as the old movies. Mm-hmm. 
Which is weird in itself. Right. And in those old movies, everyone is scared of Darth Vader, but we don't know why. Right. We haven't seen him do anything to warrant that type of respect Yeah, we just know he's a badass, and he'll show little glimmers of it. Uh So if you're going to put a movie in between those spaces, guess what? We want to see Vader being a badass. Right. We should see him, why everyone fears him across yeah. the universe. All the stories that get told at the Imperial breakfast table yeah. where they're like, oh, fuck, I heard Vader did this. Yeah, and so imagine if this film was the rogue leaders find out, hey, if we get those plans, I bet you we can find, like, a weakness. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there shouldn't be this weird plot of, like, Oh, I built in a weakness where it's like, guess what? If you built that weakness and they know you're a traitor, they're going to be scanning yeah, those be plans. Trying to figure out where that and they're going is. to figure out what that weakness is. Uh-huh. So they should. The plan should just be get the plan. We'll find a weakness in uh-huh. it. We'll, we'll get our best guys in it. And so they do that. And Emperor sends Vader. Like Vader, you're my you're the, best. You're my predator. You're my predator. Uh-huh. Exactly. You're my predator. You stop at nothing to get these plans. Uh-huh. And it's just constantly Vader. Every step you think the heroes are going to get away, bam, there's Vader. And it's, it's just that tension the entire time. <laughs> it's just a slasher movie. Yeah. Yeah, well, I I could definitely enjoy that, though it's not very Star Wars friendly. But at <laughs> least for the third act to have a little bit more oomph to it, uh, to have it be maybe those main characters that are in that corridor or stretch yeah. the corridor idea into they're all on this escape ship Vader that's maybe huge. every main character. Yeah, and he just annihilates all of them as they're on their way to... Uh, I mean, the the plans are out there. They, they get them out. Obviously, they have to to make Star Wars make any sense, but, but you get that, like, execution scene of all the main characters with some... Some more razzmatazz, something well, and then you, dramatic. And then you actually add to those old movies. Yeah. Because now you know why Vader's a badass. Yeah, he took out this whole rebel fleet. And you know why this mission was so important to get the plans. Mm-hmm. The other thing about these movies being stuck in the old timeline, and it's this is what I call the Hobbit effect, because it's the other example I can think of. In the first Lord of the Rings movies... The best one of the best scenes is they're fighting a troll, right? Yeah. And it's like a lot of tension in that scene, and you're like, oh, they might actually die yeah. in that scene. And even uh, Frodo like gets stabbed, and you think he's dead. Mm-hmm. But anyways, that's a long scene of them battering this troll. It takes a long time to take down one troll. Then you see the new Hobbit movies; they're one arrow's taking down yeah, trolls. Yeah, they're taking down trolls like there's no left tomorrow. and right. Same thing in this movie. In those old Star Wars movies. The big AT walker. walker machines, like they're they're like dumbfounded on like how to stop these things. They're like thinking of things, they're taking them out. They're they do that wrap around the leg thing. Mm-hmm. They're, so they're using their brains now. In this new one, a fighter pilot pilot comes by and shoots it in the head and it blows up. Right, they're pretty the, dispensable. The, at this pretty point. easy, and it's just because you've seen that thing before and they don't want to make a whole. Sequence with they gotta one up it, they gotta they gotta one up it and make it big. But the problem is, since why it bugs me is because now, since you're putting it in a specific timeline, when you go back and watch these films, I'm gonna want to watch it in that timeline, yeah. And so, it's gonna be so awkward to see a scene where they're just blowing things up left and right, and then in that scene or in the next movie, 
they're struggling to kill it, and they're yeah. trying to build it up as a threat. You're retroactively diminishing the importance or dra- drama of the older movie. Yeah, and maybe you can justify... Like, there's probably a technical reason. Uh, like, I, I talked to a friend who knew more about this. Mm. Oh, the fighter, the planes are different. Like, one's stronger. And so there probably is a justifiable reason why that can happen. Mm. But for story and drama and tension... It negates it. It takes. It actually takes away from those older movies. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Uh, well, Sean... Yes. Neither of us like this film. That's kind of a bummer. I thought it for sure I'd love it. So we're, we're just not haters. This one just didn't work for us. They just uh, made a bad movie. They just made a weak, bad, underwritten, badly cast, boring, <laughs> uneventful, terrible scored movie. With that said, we have eight and nine Star Wars coming up, and we have another spin-off one, this time Han Solo. And with that said, I think this Han Solo one's gonna be good for two reasons. One, Donald Glover. Is playing Han Solo? He's going to play Lando. <laughs> That'd be cool, too. He's going to play Lando. Okay. He's going to knock it out of the park. Sure. Number two, the problem with this Rogue One, neither of us like the director who did like the old Godzilla movie. Yeah, right. Gar- Gareth Ed- Edwards. Mm-hmm. In this new Han Solo spinoff, we have Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who did the Lego movies, who did uh, the Jump Street Series, 21 Jump Street. Who did Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Mm-hmm. All those movies I find very funny. And they can tell a and reasonable they, story. They in tell it. good stories in it. So I Well, fingers crossed. I think there's still hope. Yeah. So This is <laughs> Rogue, a new hope. Rogue One kept trying to tell us about there's hope. And I think they were just talking about these future movies. Yeah. They're like, hold out. <laughs> um, Pay no attention to these footnote movies. They're just here to sell merchandise. Well, that hopefully wraps up our long saga of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. You know, we started in our pilot. It's taking us all the way here. What a journey it was. Let's never talk about it Let's again. Let's never talk about it again. But thank you for joining Movie Babies. We'll catch you next time. See you later. Peace. And that's the episode. I told you it was short. You didn't believe me. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Uh, again, if this is a feature you'd like to see in the future, let us know. Stay tuned for our regular scheduled Movie Babies where we review the newest trailers, our next trailers, The Boss Baby, and The Mummy. So that will be one to stick around for. Until next time, you can catch all our content at www.moviebabies.com. Movie Babies.